Welcome to the latest edition of the INI podcast. My name is Dan Aspel. I'm the communications manager here. Today, I'm sitting down with Professor Martin Buhmann from Justus Liebig University uh, near Gießen in Germany. Um, now, Martin, you recently gave a talk at INI about uh, the Mathematicum Center. You are one of the directors there, is that right? Yes, it is indeed uh, a fairly new concept of presenting mathematics to the general public, which is now nowadays called outreach for mathematics. Its purpose is to show the public how enjoyable mathematics is, what questions arise in mathematics, and to some extent how they are solved. Mm, and the, the reason why I thought it'd be great for us to sit down and chat, uh, although there are, there are many that I could have chosen, um, is because of the motto of Mathematicum, which came up in your talk. And would you mind telling us what that is? Of course. Uh, it is called Hands On, Minds On. Which in German is? Uh, actually, we keep that in English. Oh, really? We do okay. have a German concept, yeah. which is Mathe macht glücklich, which means maths makes you happy. Very true. Yeah. But coming back to the uh, Hands On, Minds On, that is the idea that you learn also profound to how to solve profound questions like in mathematics, not only by looking at paperwork, books on a screen, but doing things with your hands. Many of our experiments, in fact almost all, are not using a computer, but they're using puzzles, experiments to solve or to understand mathematical problems by thinking about it, certainly, but also doing things with your hands. And that turns out to be, not only for children, but in particular for children, a particularly useful and lasting method. Mm. And um, how have you found ways of measuring that, for example? Uh, what is it that you notice in the audiences at Mathematicum that makes this physical approach seem very successful? The main point is we observe that people are enjoying themselves. And uh, in the first moment, you could think mathematics is a dry and difficult subject and people may not enjoy looking at this, they may run away. And we see both of it, that people enjoy themselves, singles, in families, large groups of children, for instance, in school classes. And we simply observe that people stay. They like it, they enjoy it, they still the whole day, they stay the whole day and uh, do the experiments and that is uh, an enormous positive reaction, which we see without asking for questionnaires or anything like that. It's simply we observe how the people come. We also notice that people come, they come again. They solve problems. And we also, of course, talk with the teachers who bring school classes uh, into the mathematical. Mm. And as you mentioned in your talk, it's, it's not just the fact that you're interacting with things with, with your hands, but they're very colorful. Uh, for the most part, and uh, designed with uh, tactility in mind, perhaps, and they are very much the focus of the room. So there's a there's a big physical draw to these puzzles, which is perhaps the opposite of what a lot of school children might think of when they think of maths. They think of a black and white textbook and a, a pen and paper. So is that something that's missing from the way that maths is taught in some styles around the world, do you think? Let's say the way we do it, concentrating on particular problems, which uh, people do with their hands, is filling a gap. It's not replacing uh, the mathematics that is taught, certainly in very good ways, uh, in the school, but it's filling a gap to explain in a basic idea how mathematics works, what the problems are. So it is not a replacement for looking at books, but it certainly is a different approach. And um, the idea is 
to explain not only how mathematics works, but what it is for. Mm. This, is, this is something which is perhaps lacking in school. And uh, many children, many adults ask, what is mathematics for? They will not ask a question like that if they learn biology or chemistry, but in mathematics that's not always so clear. We also show that in the Mathematicum at the same time as we show the mathematical principle how to solve problems. Hmm. I, I believe that's even a problem when it comes to uh, non-school related activities, for example, funding for mathematics, at higher research in mathematics. You often get the question of, well, what's the application? And as you say, biology, chemistry, you can see perhaps medical applications and other such fields which are very easy to sell to the public. But that itself, I suppose, is just a result of these attitudes which perhaps are, are gained at an early age. So do you think there's, what do you think is the most meaningful thing that can be learned from what is happening at Mathematicum and the successes which, which you've found? The meaningful uh, thing is that people understand and enjoy mathematics and then they carry on doing things which are uh, mathematics related. And the applications you were talking about, uh, like for instance medical applications, uh, um, things to be done in hospital or in industry, apply in the same way to mathematics, but it's not so obvious. Mm. And once people see that mathematics is an important part of our lives, and that they do see uh, this in the Mathematicum, they will also see later on that it is important to understand mathematics, and it was important for them to learn mathematics at school. Mm. So in the description to this podcast, I'll put a link, obviously, to, the, to Mathematicum, and people can see for themselves pictures of the centre. But um, paint, if you, if you will, for us a, a picture of the kind of puzzles which you have and the kind of form that they take, ones that perhaps have proven the most popular. Uh, very popular is, for instance, the one that uh, shows you the meaning of so-called uh, minimal surfaces. Uh, you notice uh, if you uh, create a big bubble out of soap, out of soap it will um, acquire a certain form. Um, you can do the same if you stand in a, um, an experiment, which is a little bit like a shower, you stand in the middle, and then you pull up a soap film about you, which, which you would expect at the first moment to go up like a cylinder, but it actually has a form, you know, uh, getting close like and popular to, to your, yeah. Yeah. an hourglass uh, uh, to your body. This, of course, people tremendously enjoy. Yeah, you're so standing, in, standing millions, inside a giant bubble. In, indeed. And you <laughs> see literally millions of photos uh, of people of themselves and others on the internet. Mm. And you can immediately explain that this has to do uh, a lot with physics. So a form of um, uh, surfaces with which minimize energy that is needed to keep the surface together. Uh, some people know, for instance, the roofs of the stadium of the Olympics in Munich yep. in 1972. And the roofs have this form. They're not just straight, but they form this kind of, uh, this kind of holes in between. Mm. And that's called a minimal surface. Mm. That's one of the most popular uh, experiments. So was that designed, that stadium... Uh, from an aesthetic point of view or from a practical point of both, view? Both at the same time. Wonderful. Often architects will tell you um, there's a famous Bauhaus movement that uh, uh, was in Germany that um, form follows function. Mm. You optimize the physics, for instance, uh, or the energy that is needed uh, to maintain a building, to build it, to heat it. Um, if you do this at the same time, 
uh, you create a building that has a beautiful form. Hmm. Yeah, so, you, you, I mean, in this case, you've got a quite a wondrous experience of people coming and standing inside a bubble that's being formed around them at the Mathematicum Centre. It's an easy way to get someone's attention, isn't it? So do you think that that's what has been lacking in most people's appreciation of maths, perhaps until this point? With most other sciences, you can feel yourself immersed in it somehow, can't you? With maths, it requires that little extra step to capture the imagination, perhaps? Precisely. There you are literally uh, immersed in the soap uh, bubble, <laughs> and um, there are many things which are, have very profound mathematical principles. We, in fact, do not explain this principle in detail. We, we could if we wanted to, but the idea is the purple get, uh, people get immersed uh, in the first simplified form of a mathematical problem that can be very profound, and they understand this idea very quickly. Mm. Um, and then, if they want, they can carry on, going more into detail. If it's with children, they can ask a teacher. We have a bookshop, they can go into fur, uh, further detail. We have staff who can explain uh, things, but they have to sort of this first touch. It's softly, softly, isn't it? As we, it's softly, softly, but um, the mathematicians behind it who create uh, these things my colleague Albert Beutelsbacher in particular, try to do with some success um, that these experiments are really well thought of. They look simple, but they explain mathematics um, principles in a profound way. Yeah, one, one of the phrases which you used in your talk a few times was uh, that they were non-trivial. Exactly. So... It, beyond uh, seeing the appreciation of form and physics, as you've described with the bubbles, there are actually some uh, famous puzzles which you have given shape to. Oh, indeed, right. yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, uh, there are even unsolved mathematical problems, where the so-called Goldbach conjecture, uh, which is very simple to explain. It's a typical of some of the hardest problems in mathematics. Many of them are still conjectures, have not been um, established. Um, they're easy to formulate for everybody to understand, but extremely hard to prove. The Goldbach conjecture says very simply that uh, for every uh, um, every even number, that is a number divisible by two, there are two primes, prime numbers which have other uh, one other than one and themselves no divisor. Um, there are two prime numbers that sum up to this even number. Now, this is something which you can, everybody can understand. It's very uh, easy to uh, formulate. But mm. it turns out up to this day, the mathematicians have been unable to prove it. And that's, in a way, a little bit what is behind the mathematicum. There are things in mathematics which are very difficult, but actually, if you think about it, the ideas or the questions are reasonably simple to explain to the public. Mm. And that's what we try um, to do. So how do you give physical form to that particular conjecture? Ah, we, we have a kind we have a kind of a rope that you can turn which has all the numbers up to 100 uh, on them and you can uh, turn them in the way that you form every number between uh, 2 and uh, 200 as a sum of two other numbers mm. between those. And then you can check on this rope we have marked the primes in red, the others uh, are black and then you can form one of these even numbers you like and then you can check along the rope uh, that there are actually two primes mm. uh, summing up uh, to this number. Mm. And uh, one thing we hope and we are reasonably optimistic that this happens that people who've done this 
once, they enjoy it, and they will maybe someday, when the Goldbach contractor has been proved, and it's written in the newspaper, remember, ah, I've seen this maybe two weeks ago, we don't know when it's going to be solved, <laughs> or 20 years ago, we saw in this in the Mathematicum, this was this uh, interesting question, now it's been solved. Mm, yeah, how fascinating. That's such a great way of capturing imagination, as, as we've said. And there was one other uh, point I remember from your talk where you were talking about the, the traveling salesman problem, which probably has a, a, more, uh, a better title than that. But you have made a map of Germany, have you not, with uh, Mathematicum or, or Gießen as the center. Or of one of one. <laughs> and uh, people can wrap the particular length of rope or string around different pegs yes. around the country, can't they? Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Um, another example of a very difficult mathematical problem that can be presented in a simple way. The typical um, issue about this problem is, the question is how to um, go along a route in this case, it was, it was all the capitals of the states in Germany, mm -hmm. in the shortest way. So this is the typical problem mathematics that comes up uh, often. First of all, it's easy to formulate. Everybody will understand. Secondly, if it's not too many points we have to go to, it's relatively easy to solve. We turned out the 16 we have is a good number. People take typically, let's say, uh, 15 minutes mm -hmm. to solve it. That's just the right and uh, time so that people don't get impatient, they enjoy themselves. But at the same time, it becomes enormously complicated if you have very many points. Once you are already at 40, 50, 60 points, depends a little bit on the geometry, um, it becomes extremely hard to solve. It takes a long time. In principle, there are mathematical methods to do this. Um, but again, uh, it's a perfectly correct a non-trivial formulation of the problem. We make no simplifications, undue simplifications, perfectly correctly formulated. People understand immediately what the problem is. It's in effect also a very popular experiment. People can solve it if there are not too many points, uh, which doesn't matter for understanding, doesn't make no difference to understand the problem. If there are five points um, or 200, of course too few you don't want to take because it's too easy. But then, uh, my supervisor, when I did my degree in Cambridge, um, wrote methods to solve problems like this. And um, he always said, mathematics is a very, very universal uh, science. You can apply it to many things, you have basic principle, but you have very concrete applications. And he wrote programs to solve problems like this. And very concretely, in this country, uh, he said, my work has applications from um, the rubbish collection in Reading, because it was a tour of the vans, mm -hmm. to the landing of the moon, on the moon, because he wrote programs also for that, solved mathematical problems which, was, which were needed uh, to land on the moon. Wow. Well, that, I mean, that, that is inspiring. That's, I mean, yeah. we, we all know about the universality of maths and how it features in every other science, but it's lovely to hear it said once more. Um, that's been really fascinating, Martin. And uh, as I say uh, to anyone listening to this, I'll put the link to Mathematicum uh, in, in the description. And it's quite an easy place to get to, as I believe you've told us before. It's, it's very close it's to very Frankfurt. very close to the train station. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so very easy to pop into and uh, reasonably priced and run very sensibly by all accounts. Uh, I should mention before I let you go that you, the reason you're here at INI is because you are a program participant in uh, the ASC program, which is Approximation Sampling and Compression in Data Science, which is running until, I believe, the end of June. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so it's a pleasure to have you here. and We're so glad that you're able to share your experience uh, of the institution which you help run. Um, I wanted to ask you one last question, which is that have you adopted any particularly physical methods for your work with the ASC program to help you solve any of the puzzles which are being presented? For the puzzles, not yet. But indeed, these methods, which we research about at the Newton Institute, have very concrete applications in data compression. You uh, use them, or you will use them, the new methods, almost every day on the Internet. We talk about compression in particular. Hmm. Um, I'm sure you're using it at this very moment when you do this recording. Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing it in action once I start editing. Um, Martin, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And um, I hope people will go on and read more about the Mathematicum and, and learn more about it once they finish listening to this podcast. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Then. <laughs>